November 14th, 2021. We're continuing in Nefesh Hayim in Sha'ar Dalid. No, I gave you the wrong page. 675, Sha'ar Dalid, Perik Yod Dalid. I'll give you the exact page. Give me a second. 693, Sha'ar Dalid, Perik Yod Dalid, 693. Now, if you recall, over the course of several Perakim, what Nefesh Hayim has been explaining and explaining more and explaining even more, is how through the study of Torah, through finding, so to speak, God's existence in this world, the way that he manifests himself, we push forward creation. We take the world from its initial state of tohu vavohu, which of course was already separated by God during Sheshit but we have this way of constantly and consistently pushing that forward through furthering that understanding, distilling and, and crystallizing uh, how this world works, where God is, so to speak, to be found, which of course is manifested throughout. And by doing so, by discussing this, he's discussed uh, the importance, the significance of Talmud Torah. He says, ha'olamot, at the beginning here, al kulam him az during the time of Talmud Torah, the ulamot and biryot, the worlds, of course, when he refers to worlds, he refers to the supernal worlds, not just our world, but the worlds beyond. Biryot, all of creations, him as, at the time of Talmud Torah, the hedveta yeterata. Hedva, of course, is, is happiness, is to be elated, to be joyful. And uh, that's what he's been explaining to us uh, throughout, but specifically in Perik Yod Gimal, that uh, the emotion of happiness is when you feel and sense something completed. Uh, you can begin the process, but when you see a child and finishing it off, you kind of smile and feel content with that. That's the happiness, what's that? Like a siyum. <laughs> the siyum is on Gomrash el Torah, Rav Yitzhak in the Midrash says. So, so too you have this over here, that's the hedva, the hedva is through Torah, He's going to mention in just a moment the statements in the Hakamim. The Torah gives a certain joyful nature to people who study it as the time it was given at Sinai. We'll discuss in this class that Sinai was anything but a joyful experience. It was a time which the Hakamim, which the Torah makes pretty clear, was filled with Ema, Yira, Retet, Zea. It's a time period of, of trembling, of of, of awe, of fear, and as a result, what does it mean? There was simhat ma'amat ha'asinah, it's one and the same. Simha need not mean smiling and laughing. Hedva, simha in this context, is the feeling, the understanding that something's complete. It's that content nature. So that's what he's describing over here as well. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't have emotions like us. He's not smiling, he's not laughing, he's not rejoicing. But the description is there's the realization of completeness, and in turn there's this light from from the upper light of Torah. It's as the Mishnah says, the beginning of the sixth chapter of Masechet Avot, maybe the Beraita. A person who studies Torah appropriately with the right perspective in the right way, he's misameach not only at habiriot, human beings, the world, we might say, creation, because he's furthering it. But he's misameh makom, of course, being hakadosh baruch hu. Why use the word makom in that context? Why not say misameh hakadosh baruch hu, misameh hashem, misameh boreha onam? Makom is a word that's uh, to describe God, not always the name for him. 
indeed, we have Manorah Makom Azen Zekim Bet Elokim, Zeshar Hashamayim, that's a specific Makom. But you're right, the Midrash right over there on that Pasuk in this past week's parasha is exactly what Rav Elia Weintraub in his commentary to Nefesh HaChayim suggests over here. He says, Makom, in the eyes of the Hachamim, in their reading of the Torah, represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu's way of being Mekomo Shel Olam, which means to say he's above and beyond existence as we know it. He transcends any spatial or time confines. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mekomo Shel Olam. You can't place him in in this world, Kivyachol, the world needs to be placed in him. When you're going to talk about how Torah brings us back to the beginning of time and furthers it, of course, you'll refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that context as the initial creator, the one whom uh, preceded all that we have, with whom uh, everything is, so to speak, encapsulated, that's the makom you're going to be referring to. You're going to refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the creator. You'll refer to him as makom who precedes, who transcends existence as we know it. Um, on that same point, the Hachamim point out that Moshe Rabbeinu Parashat Kitisa, when he turns to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he asks God to reveal his glory, understood by the Hachamim as, why is there tov la rasha ve'ra la sadiq? Why is there evil that happens to the righteous people and people who are evil seem to have success in their life? Of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, lo yirani ha'adam nobody can see me, understand my ways, and then live afterward. But if you look in the Pesukim in the Torah, first HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to him, makom iti. He says to him, I'm going to reveal myself to you through Makom, it's over there as well. The Midrash picks up and then it's Kivyachol HaKadosh Baruch Hu saying, you can't understand me, you want to perceive my ways? I'm Makom, I'm Mekom Moshel Olam. You're giving your human confined constructs to me and you could never understand me properly because I am Mekom Moshel Olam. It's I once heard a derasha, if you've ever been to an Ashkenazic uh, uh, Bet Avel, First and foremost, you'll experience what Avelu truly is, unlike our Veta Shiva houses. But furthermore, you'll see that they say at the end, not like we say Tenu Hamum and Hashemaim, which is interesting in and of itself. <coughs> we refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as Shemaim, the heavens. They say, HaMakom Yenachem Etchem Betoch She'ar Yerushalayim, so forth. HaMakom, over there as well. Why HaMakom? Well, that's very appropriate at a time of death when you're kind of understanding or lacking the understanding of where the soul went to, how it came and where it went, you speak to them about makom. You say, listen, this is a matter above and beyond our comprehension. This touches on hamakom, on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's beyond any spatial, spatial capacities. Well, that being the case, you know, this jacket and this as well. All right. That being the case, continues uh, continues Nefesh Hayim, and he quotes from a uh, Zohar Uba Zohar Vayakel Resh Yodzayin Amud Aleph. And what he'll do right now is push us forward. Until now, he's been talking about how we are able to sift through Tohu through study of Torah. Now he's going to speak to, in my mind, the next necessary step. How do we do so? The way we do so has to be that we're talking with God as we do so. In other words, it's not that he created and then handed the keys to us and said, you continue the creation. It's that he created, he's mehadesh betubo bechol yom bereshit. He continues creation, but he speaks with us or we speak with him in order to continue creation. Do you understand that point? Which means to say that if I'm going to envision my study of Torah as furthering creation, it means I'm envisioning my Torah as a continued conversation with him. When did 
that conversation begin? Of course, it began when we received the Torah. So the next step over here, the next stage in Nefesh HaChayim will be, if Torah is helping you further existence, if you're continuing creation, it has to be that you're doing it in a conversation with God. That dialogue began at Har Sinai. As a result, you're ready for the next statement over here. Patah ve'amari cites from Zohar, as nidberu yere'e Adonai. The Pasuk says in almost a reflexive way, nidberu. It doesn't say dibberu. It says it was talked about Yireh Hashem, those who are those who fear God. The Pasuk could have and perhaps should have said uh, says Zohar, said as Dibiru. Dibiru means they spoke. What's Nidberu? Says the Zohar, as Dibiru mi ba'ile. My Nidberu. Ela Nidberu le'ila mikol inun retichin katishin kadishin v'chol inun hayalin kadishin b'chin di inun milin kadishin salikin le'ila v'kama inun demekademe v'natle lo'on kame malka kadisha mitatirin b'kama itirin b'inun nehorin ilain In short, the description is the words of Torah which begin down here have ascended above and then they're spoken further. This is what we're describing throughout. But again, the step further over here is it's not just they're reverberating these words, but the words are reverberating and so to speak, kivyachol, hitting hakadosh baruchu in olamot dil'ila. Ila, of course, refers to the upper realm. Tata is down here. V'kuluhu nidberu, all the words of Torah which the Yireh Hashem speak are spoken in turn in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we continue that dialogue. He's spoken to us. When we study Torah, we're speaking back to him. If only you could see, if only you could behold the joy. There it is again, the Hedva of Torah, which is beheld, so to speak, in the upper realms. Again, joy not being that they're throwing parties and eating. This is HaKadosh Baruch Hu we're talking about. Joy being the feeling, the understanding, the sense of content because it's done. Feeling that the finished product is now being performed by them. But the description of Zohar, which he will continue further, is our conversation pushing it up above. So it's not just that we speak one to another. It's not just that we speak. It's that our words are then spoken. Looks at our words of Torah. He crowns himself with them. And then they go onto his head. And they're like his crown. And they then go into onto his lap, so to speak. And the description is the words of Torah are then, you know, kind of jumping around on God. It's about that that the Torah is likened to playthings. Because they're kind of dancing around like a child on the lap of their parent or their grandparent. The Pasuk doesn't say, I was Sha'ashu'im which of course the reference in that Mizmor, in, 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 in Mishle, is uh, to uh, the original existence of Torah. Elava eheye, the Pasuk describes how in the future I will and will continue to be this Sha'ashuim. Ubuchol Eti continues in the next paragraph. Shahadam Osek umitabek bakaraui hadivarim semechim kinitinatam misinai. There's the words that I was referring to earlier. Every time you study Torah, you're involved in it appropriately. Hadivarim semechim, the simcha is perceived as it was given on Sinai. Kemoshe Katub Bazoar, Resh Parashat Hukat. 
who's that? Who's Rabbi Yoseh, right? Student of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yoseh, Patah, Zota Torah, Tahazeh, come and see. Wrong way, 695. Milinda oraita kadishin inun, the words of Torah or have, a, have a sanctity. Ila'in inun, they, they're upper in their, in their value. Mitikin inun, they're sweet. Kemadikhtiva nechamadim izahave chule. Mandi ishtadel be oraita, a person who's delving into and trying in his study of Torah. Ki ilu ka'im kol yoma, it's as if he stands every day. Al Torah de Sinai, on Har Sinai, le to receive the Torah, there's the statement. The statement is that in every subsequent study of Torah, after the here, take this trust, after the initial giving, we are now receiving it and continuing that conversation. That's a significant statement. And any person who listens, it means to listen in Aramaic. In this world, and it says as if you receive the Torah. And so too says, oh, I don't think you can only listen to one, only to masters, only to the highest uh, level of uh, Torah. Anyone you hear Torah from, and anyone who who turns his ear to listen to it, you're giving yoker, you're giving glory to Hakadosh Baruch and so to, to the Torah. The Torah in several places talks about It's today you're becoming a nation. Again, the Torah is as we receive the Torah, there's the words, we were davek in his words. We found a connection to his words. In my words, we began a dialogue. So too, when we respond, he spoke to us at Sinai. Every time we now speak words of Torah, you are cleaving to his words after all he began those words with his conversation with Moshe and in turn to us at Har Sinai and that's that statement that we saw even the statements the questions and responses until today were so to speak put into effect in potential well that being the case we're going to pause for a second just to develop this a bit further. To develop this a bit further, I just want to read to you a few midrashim, a few pesukim, and then make our way back to the text and give give the point, give his message, in my mind, in its entirety. Here in source number one, the midrash in Devarim Rabbah, Perek Zayin, Ot Zayin, Amar Bishimon ben Yochai, Minayin ata omer, ilu ayu Yisrael hasirim afilu adam echad, lo hayeta shechina niglet alein. How do you know that if we were even missing one person in Ma'amad Harsinai, we never would have gotten the Torah? Dikhtiv, bayom ha-shilishi, yered, alonai le'ayne kol ha'am, al Harsinai, Pasuk says, le'ayne kol ha'am, the entire nation needed to be there. As a result, Says the Rabbi was coming to teach Torah in the great Midrash of the time. And as he entered in, he says, Please make sure, make certain that everyone is here. 
Mechanatanamit. What would be? You need everyone to be seated. Seated. You can't have some people trickling in. You can't have some missing. Mimatan Torah kivyachol. Rabbi says the midrash learned from the way the Torah was given. We are now receiving again the Torah. We're continuing that dialogue. We're going to physically reenact the way we got the Torah. Tanhuman parashat yitrosi mantetvav has a story about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was called up to read from the Torah, but he wouldn't read. He wouldn't go up. Why wouldn't he go up? His students asked him, Didn't you teach us that we derive life? Our life source is from the Torah. Why wouldn't you want to read from the Torah in front of us? Answered Rabbi Akiva, I didn't have the opportunity to study, to review this portion two or three times. Who said you need to review the portion two, three times before reading from the Sefer? He said, I learned it from the Ma'amad Sinai. If you read the Pesukim, the way that he reads them, a Pasuk in Yiov, a Pasuk in the Torah as well, the Pesukim seem to, if you read them through the prism of the Hachamim, say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu reviewed his script before giving it to Am Yisrael. And I'm going to read the Torah, Barabim. It's two Derashot. Two Derashot. One from Yiov. And the other one, Vaidaber Elohim et kol hadevarim ha'ele lemor. The Rasha is Vaidaber Elohim et kol hadevarim ha'ele. Pause. That's the first dibur. Lemor is the second dibur. The Rasha and Eov is other. Is, 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 uh, well, that being the case, you have two prototypes, two descriptions in, amongst the hachamim with regards to them envisioning in a real way that as we continue our study of Torah, as we learn Torah today, we are reenacting in a real way, in their eyes, Ma'amad Sinai. Again, it's more than just pomp and fanfare. Kivyachol. The words are kivyachol. Can we say anything about Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Can we say he destroyed, created the world and destroyed them? We can say we don't. We understand what that teaches us. So it's the same statement over here. But but the, the statement more than anything again is less for me about the physical reality that we're envisioning and more about conceptually. It's what Nefesh Hayim wants as well. Talmud Torah is not just an intellectual endeavor. It's not even just a conversation with you and another in which you're looking to grow. It's so much greater than that. You're continuing the conversation of Har Sinai. You're continuing that conversation, and by continuing that conversation, you respond to God, Kivyachol. Oh, that's what you said. I interpret it as follows. And he says, oh, that's fantastic. You've developed the world even further. Because I developed it. I had my initial development. And then I handed over keys to you with potential of Torah to understand it better. And you did. And we've been moving away from this Torah. Oh, but let's continue this dialogue. This conversation only began, so we tap back into Har Sinai. Another midrash, Shir Hashirim Rabbah, Parasha Aleph, Bet Midrasho Shil Bili Ezaya Asui, Keminris, Ue Even Hayetasha, Ahat Hayetasha, Hayetami Yuhedet Lodi Yeshiva. In the midrash of Bili Ezaya, a specific stone rock that he would sit on to teach Torah. Pama Hat Nichnas and Bioshua. One time Bioshua entered in, Hithil Venoshekota Even, Veamar. You know, I once visited uh, Rabbi Yitzhak Kaduri Zichron. And I remember the people holding on to his clothing and kissing them, very much disturbed, and I didn't enjoy that scene. So it goes. Anyway, when I read this Midrash, that's what I think about it. Behoshua walks in, sees the stone, the rock of Beliazer, he kisses it, he says to the people, Ha'even azot domela har sinai. This rock is kivyachol har sinai, v'zeh she'yashav alea. 
And the one who sat on it, meaning Bilyazer, he's like Aron Haberit. In a real way, Rabbi Yoshua is envisioning that every study of Torah, every Talmud Torah, every teaching of Torah brings us back to Ma'amad Har Sinai. As you said earlier, Rabbi, there's a responsibility, there's a fear that's connected with this. Indeed, the Gemara Masech Berachot, a well known Gemara, and Dafkaf Bet, is Doresh the Pesukim at the beginning of Parashat Vayet Hanan. One Pasuk says, And right after, it says, is generally interpreted as Talmud Torah. The next Pasuk says, The day on which you stood at Har Sinai. Of course, the maybe Peshat in Pesukim, it says Ramban has it in Mitzvot Sheshacha Harav. He says, This is a mitzvah to teach our children to talk about Ma'amad Har Sinai. Alternatively, the Hachamim Havadirasha, the same way when you stood at Har Sinai, you stood there, be yira, beretet, with fear, with trepidation, with awe, so too, every time, every time you teach a class, every time you teach a child, anytime you open a book, anytime you think words of Torah, make certain that you're doing it within the context of fear, or trepidation, not just heke, not just sitting back and enjoying yourself, with fear, or and trepidation. That was the statement in the Gemara, really envisioning this conversation as continuing. It's to the extent that Maharam Mirotenberg, one of the great uh, German uh, Rishonim, had a minhag, Ramah Saitzin, in his glasses to Shohan Aruch, to stand during Kiryat Torah. The reason he stood during Kiryat Torah was, we're reenacting Ma'amad HaSinai. Am Yisrael stood there, so too, as we read from the Sefer, we reenact, and many other halachot with regards to the halachot. If one person is reading from the Sefer, and he's also the Oleh, for whoever it is, you need, the halakha is, you need another person to be standing up at the Sefer. For what reason? Halas, one person's sufficient. What's that? Stand on the side. Why so? Who needs it? And if he was reading, the answer is because the Pasuk says, po amod immadi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to Moshe and says, you stand here together with me. And we, every time we read from the Sefer, we reenact that. Stand together with me. Kivyachol, the person reading is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The person standing next to them is Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what we're doing. But it's more significant than just a scene. Its significance is it's a conversation. It's the pasuk in Parashat Vayet Hanan when the pasuk says, Kol Gadol Velo Yasaf. The sound that emanated from HaKadosh Baruch Hu was a Kol Gadol, a great noise. Velo Yasaf. And that word Velo Yasaf is difficult to translate. You have it as well by Ildadu Medad in Parashat Beha'alotecha. Velo Yasafu. What does it mean? Does it mean it didn't have an end? Or does, or does it mean it didn't continue? Because you can have it as lehosif means to continue. It didn't continue. Or velo yasaf, it didn't have an end. Unkulus translates it as it didn't have an end, says Rashi. It didn't have an end, like Unkulus says. What does that mean? That means that the sound of Sinai is consistently and constantly emanating. Have you heard it recently? I mean, if you listened carefully, have you heard it recently? The answer is, as you study Torah, you're supposed to hear it. But I don't hear it. Well, oh, crane, crane your ears a little bit more. Be a little bit more sensitive to existence, to life as you know it. 
Rabbi Steinsaltz wrote a book called The Sustaining Utterance for this reason. The sustaining, it's sustained utterance, the kol gadol. He quotes from the Baal Shem Tov here in source number seven, right at the beginning on page two of the book. The Baal Shem Tov once explained in another context how this was true of the revelation of Torah on Har Sinai. It was a speaking of the eternal word in the sense too that is being eternally spoken. There has not been any ceasing of this divine speech. It is we who have ceased to listen, right? The description is, the conversation just continues. If you're not listening carefully, so then you're not able to respond. If you're listening carefully, so then every time you study Torah, you continue that conversation. Rabbi Salvechik, my father's rabbi, on more than one occasion waxed poetic about this. Listen to his description here in source number eight, which is a, a citation from one of his lectures. The cathartic impact of me, of studying Torah, is rooted in the wondrous experience I always have when I open up the Gemara. Somehow, when I open up the Gemara, either alone, when I am in company as when I teach others, I have the impression, do not call it a hallucination, as if I hear, so to say, the soft footsteps of somebody invisible. He comes in and sits down with me, sometimes looking over my shoulders. It's a simple idea, not mystical at all, after the ellipsis. The study of Torah is basically, for me, an ecstatic experience in which one meets God. And again, I want to say that what I have just told you is not just mysticism or due to my mystical inclinations. It is not so. But the Talmud expresses this very idea. That's the Gemara I was just reading to you earlier. The description of the Gemara is that we're consistently and constantly, every time we study Torah, speaking to God, hearing His voice and responding at Har Sinai, it's the words that I told you more than once of Rab Chaim Velazhin, or the author of Nefesh HaChayim, in his Haktamat to Sifrat Desni'uta, when he talked about his rabbi Gaon Mivilna, who didn't, who refused to accept Torah from Magidim. He didn't want any angelic forces transmitting information of Torah to him. Why not? What's wrong with it? If they're going to teach him Torah to it, we have Magid Mesharim. It's the book of Rabbi Yosef Karo. Ramhal spoke with Magidim. Why wouldn't Gaon Mivilna, Kasher, Hasu Alav Minashamayim? What does it mean? I have I understand. The others were willing to accept it. Why couldn't he? What was it? Okay, so then he'll make it into his own, so to speak. The reason was, All I want to hear is, I want to speak directly. I want to hear it from the voice of God. You hear the voice of God, Gaon Mivilna? Absolutely. I hear the voice of God. When I use my own brain, my own heart, my own eyes to study Torah, I'm hearing His words directly to me without any barrier, no messenger in between, no conduit, just a direct conversation, which is what it's all about. Of course it's Torah Shabbat. It's all about Torah Shabbat. The conversation... What are you talking about? That's right, that's yeah. the conversation. That's yeah. listening carefully. If you say a sentence to me and I say, what I understand from your words is, Joe, and you say, yeah, that's right, that's what I meant. You set forth for me, quote unquote, the Torah Bichtav. I understood from your words what your intent was by breaking them down and, and deliberating upon them and explaining them and so forth. That's Torah Shabbat. It came from your word. I talked back to you and I said, this is what I understand. I clarified it. That's what it's all about. That's what we're dealing with with regards to Talmud Torah. And as a result, if you're going to envision it the way I've told you, he says throughout, that by studying Torah, you're moving us away progressively from Tohu, you must understand that it's through a conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through re-experiencing, reliving on a constant, daily basis, the words of Zohar, living at Har Sinai. He continues. He continues here on page 695, and he gets a little interesting. He says, right in the middle of 
the page. As a person studies Torah, every letter, every word, it's a little poetic as well. It gets a little figurative and speak. He says that the way it works is you're experiencing his words of Torah as the fire, as the flaming fire which was given at Sinai. It's for this reason that the rabbis on several occasions say, as I mentioned earlier, when the Hachamim describe a great experience of Torah that the rabbis had one with the other, but his description purposefully is you're experiencing, you're seeing the flame of Torah at that time. It's then that that light of that lehavat esh of Torah then lights up the world. It's from there that shifat beracha, that the emin, that that the ability to emanate uh, beracha, blessing, uh, uh, throughout is 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 realized. Why the description of this lehavat ish? Why describe Sinai as ish? Now this is nothing foreign to anyone who's sensitive to the words of the Torah. The Torah in many places, and most specifically Moshe's re- remembering of Har Sinai, describes how there was fire at this scene. Take a look on the source sheet in source number 10. In Parashat Yitro first, the Har Sinai Ashan Kulo, you looked at Har Sinai, it was very smoky. Because HaKadosh Baruch came down through fire. He manifested himself through fire. It's the words at the end of Parashat Mishpatim as well. Perek Chaf Dalet, Pasuk Yodzayin. Umar'eh kevod Adonai ke'esh ochelet b'roshahar le'ene b'nei Yisrael. The words of God were this consuming fire at the top of Har Sinai. And then in at least, I just collected quickly, four Pesukim from Perek Dalet, Parashat Vayet Hanan. Moshe Rabbeinu talks to the people and says, Vatikrivum ta'amdun. This, the mountain was flaming upward with the fire. God spoke to you through fire. My favorite pesukim in the Torah. Did anyone else, any other nation, hear the words of God through fire like you and still stay alive? Fire. His words emanated from the heavens, and what you see manifested in this world is great fire. Ish. All right, so the poetry, if we're to call it that at this point, is, is certainly uh, appreciated. The Torah describes Har Sinai as fire, but it doesn't stop there. The very Torah that we were given at Sinai, in the words of Resh Lakish, in Masechet Shekalim, and Tetzayin, Amud Aleph, in the Midrash Tanchuma, Parashat Yitro, the next one, Parashat Tetzayin, is that the words of Torah were given, Esh Shehora Al Gabe Esh Levana, instead of envisioning a scroll as we have it with parchment at the bottom, and ink on top of it, it's all fiery, that's the way it was given to us. Of course, it's an esoteric, mystical description, Ramban Nachmani cites this in his introduction to the Torah. What's that? And that's the words of Resh Lakish in the Midrash. At Motzeh Keshenatan HaKadosh Baruch Hu Torah HaKol Ayashel Eshen Emar Mimino Esh Dadlamo 
The t- words of Torah are Esh, Amar Esh Lakish, HaTorah Shelesh, Oroteh Shelesh, Kitvah Shelesh, Hayata Shelesh, HaSirsuna Asa Piva Shelesh, HaMalachim Shiyardu Imo Shelesh, HaHar Boer Baesh, Venetena Min HaEsh, Ochelet Esh, Vashre Dibur Yaza Mitoch HaEsh. He cites Pesukim from almost all of these references, but Torah, don't we call Torah Maim as well? We do. When we talk about Torah of Sinai, it's Torah of Esh. When we talk about Torah as something that sustains in the long run, probably, we refer to it as fire. That's an important dichotomy, which of course, a contradiction of sorts, but not a contradiction when we're talking about Torah, we're talking about the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But over here, but over here specifically, we're talking about Sinai, the Torah as it was given. Haloko devarai ka'esh, is the pasuk in Sefer Malachi. All right, very nice. It's Torah. Torah is fire. The Torah of Sinai is fire. It's the Gemara Masechet Sukkah Daf Kafchet. When Yonatan ben Uziel would study Torah, called Of Poreh Me'alav, any bird that would fly over him was Miyad Nisraf. It would be burned, says Tosafot, right there on Daf Kafchet. Why so? Because the study of Torah of Yonatan ben Uziel was not just a study of Torah. It wasn't just finding water of sustenance. It was reenacting Simechim Kenetinatam Sinai. Tosafot goes on to Side of Midrash, they say it more specifically, more fully in Masechet Hagigan Daf Tetvav. They cite from Talmud Yerushalmi, it was the Berit Milav Elisha ben Abuyav, Aher Bili Ezem Biyoshua, studying Torah to the extent that they were surrounded by fire which was consuming. To envision the giving of the Torah is to envision fire. Why so? What is it about fire? And Nefesh Ahayim, in the context of our conversation with God, of returning to our Sinai, of continuing that conversation, begs us to envision fire. I would suggest the following. First and foremost, to envision fire as the manifestation of God. It's what the Torah tells us immediately after leaving Egypt. Hashem holech lifnehem yomam be'amud anan an hotam haderech ve'layla be'amud Ish, God manifested himself to Am Yisrael through fire. It's on the Shemini Lamiluim, the beginning of Palashat Shemini, Vatese Ish, Milifne Adonai. It's feeling God's presence through fire. It's the words of Moshe, Ki Adonai Lohecha, and Palashat Vait Hanan, Ish Ochelahu Elkana. Envisioning godliness, finding divinity, not just how I live, is tapping into fire. Ironically, though, and here's where it gets most interesting, fire is as well, in the words of the Torah, in the eyes of the Hachamim, very much human-like. What are you talking about? You just told me it's divinity. You told me that's how I tap into godliness. You told me that's how I find the connectedness to Sinai, to God himself in this world, the sublime manifestation of fire, and yet... For example, the Torah at the beginning of Parashat Vayakel, when it's telling you no constructive work on Shabbat, no melachot, what's the one melacha that's specified by the Torah? So it's certain the Gemara has derashot. It's either lelav yasat or lehalek yasat, but fundamentally in Peshat, why fire? The answer, I believe, is because fire represents our ability as human beings to be most constructive. I've read sociologists who describe how when we began using fire effectively, that's when civilization really moved a lot swifter. Think about it in the context of our most recent invention of, well, not most recent, invention using fire-like items, and that's electricity. 
fire propels human-like endeavors and creativity. It's the Gemara in Masechet Pesachim and Daf Nun Daled Amud Aleph, where the Gemara right before in the Nun Gimal Amud Bet says that the reason we say Boreme Ore Haesha Motzei Shabbat is because Adam Harishon discovered it. It was on Motzei Shabbat, according to our tradition, the Gemara here on Daf Nun Daled, that Adam Harishon leaving Shabbat, realizing a world which was dark finds two stones, rubs them one against the other, and brings forth fire, quite in contrast to the ways of Greek mythology where Prometheus discovers fire. According to our tradition, it's human beings who discover fire. Prometheus steals it from the gods, of course. We construct it on our own. So which one is it? Is fire the sublime manifestation of God in this world, the untouchable realm? Or is it something that we bring forth? And of course the answer is it's both. The Gemara and Masechet Sotan Daf Yodalit says that to be holech bidarchav shel kadosh baruch to walk in his way is a veritable impossibility. How could you walk in the ways of HaKadosh Baruch After all, listen to the words of the Gemara. How could you do so? Hello, doesn't say about Hakadosh Baruch Hu for Neimar. Ki Adonai Loecha Esh Ochelahu. How could you be like God if He is manifested through fire? Listen to the words. You want to be like fire? Follow His way, says the Gemara. Do his activities of justice, of righteousness in this world. Be able to clothe those who don't have the clothing, visit those who need the visiting, and so forth. Bury those who need the burial. The description then is that if we mimic, if we emulate the ways of God, it means we're playing with fire itself. Because fire is his way, and in turn it's our way of being creative. I bring you back to Nefesh Hayim. What's his purpose? Throughout the last several chapters, what's he developing for us? He's telling us that through study of Torah, through understanding the world better, we are continuing a conversation with him. Now, I ask you a question. How do you get close? How are you davik badibur better than sitting at the same table, discussing the same matters, acting the same way as the person you're speaking to? If I want to associate myself with that important person, I get into their trade, I get invited to their conference, I sit at the table, together with them. The description over here of the fire that we bring forth through our study of Torah brings us back to the time of Sinai, which in turn means every time we study Torah, we continue that conversation in a real way. We discover in this world his existence. We propel and further creation, which is still yet to be finished through our own study of Torah. The simhav netinatam b'sinai is manifested in the eyes of the hachamim through the fire sometimes physical, oftentimes figurative, of Torah, which is a constant. It's the ability to hear the kol gadol velo yasaf and then respond to it, because hearing it but not heeding its call is not sufficient. The ability, says Nefesh Ahayim, for us to act as, and he developed this in Sha'ar Aleph, Selim Elohim, to be creators and crafters of worlds, as Rashi says in his commentary to Sefer Bereshit, is, he's telling us here, through study of Torah, through seeing the world through the prism, through the lenses of Torah, when you do it like that, yeah, you're bringing down your own fire. You're being creative and constructive in your own way. But that's inappropriate. You're countering God. I'm not countering God. He spoke to me with fire. I'm responding to him with that same fire. I'm in a very real way being creative in this world. I'm in a very real way partnering with him, sitting at the same table, being davek bidrachav, being holech bidrachav in my study of that fiery Torah in reenacting and reliving the day of Ma'amad Harsinai. Baruch Adonai Amen and Amen.